podcasting. It's a windy night here in the city, as you might be able to overhear. But I'm just leaving. Um, There was a group listen tonight at the art museum. And it was from Ear Hustle. If you've ever listened to this podcast called Ear Hustle, it's this uh, woman named Nigel and this gentleman named Erlon. And it's basically stories from inside prison. And Erlon has since been released, so they're out doing this tour. And they were playing snippets from the podcast itself, which um, are pretty real, pretty raw. But now they're moving into a season four. And my, my big burning question was now that he's out and gets to travel with this team, first of all, all over the country after being in prison for so long, what will it be like to go back in as a free man? Being able to walk in and out and still know people that are there serving their sentence. So I guess, I guess that was my big burning question. And would you want to go back in? Um, what, was, what was time like for you there? I mean, I think about, I mean, the only thing that's relatable, I remember first going back to the high school that I went to as a substitute teacher and how weird that was to be looked at by teachers and students and hall monitors that thought either I was still a student or remembered me from being in school there and just how weird it was to be coming back as a sub teacher. So I can't imagine like going back into prison and seeing people that I used to know there and knowing that I'm free to walk in and out where some will never walk out. I don't know, one of the things that he brought up too was when he first got out was um, seeing people like like cash, like we're all using cards and whatnot. But then wondering too, like in prison, you're not allowed to have your phone. And how weird the world must be when you get out to suddenly see a mass of people with their heads always down with everybody in their phone. Like even afterwards, walking out of this hall, immediately everybody had to grab their phone and heads down. And it saddens me. Even though I know I'm addicted to my phone. I'm addicted to social media, I know this, right? I'm finding, I'm trying to find ways to limit it as best I can and to find other distractions in my day, I guess, versus having to pick up my phone. Like I know like on a lot of iPhones now, you can see the time that you've been on your phone or how many pickups you have a day last week alone, just from text messaging, from people text messaging, whether it was work, friends, whatever, 180 pickups just for messages throughout my day. 
just to pick up the phone. So that was kind of bizarre to have that thrown in my face and trying to get away from that and to keep things more organized. Like if it's an email, like I have set time of day, like to check email and, and devote my time to that. So that way, cause let's be honest with multitasking, you're not really multitasking, right? Like you're not doing multiple things. Well, you do one thing really well at a time. So even leaving, like, I wonder what that must be like for him to not again, have that while you're in prison to suddenly everybody's face buried in a phone and not communicating, not talking. And here they were creating this thing behind bars that is creating conversations to creating dialogue to creating understanding amongst their own group inside to then walk out to a society that is listening to these podcasts but then also still buried in their phones so what an awesome opportunity too to sit amongst a group listen with other people that at the time weren't buried in their phones. And I know that it has created some dialogue with friends of mine and colleagues of mine. But isn't it funny that we are now striving to be like what they found? I guess that's a small takeaway for me. Um that we're, everybody's trying to get out of prison and then here we are putting ourselves in our own prison as free as we are with being a slave to phones and social media and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and anything that we can to escape what's right in front of us that so many people would much prefer perspective I guess crazy perspective so quote of the day is Oddly enough, by Louis C.K. So, I mean, let's take it with a grain of salt, but also fitting for him as well. But quote of the day is, when someone tells you that they've hurt you, you don't get to decide that they didn't. When someone tells you that they've, that you hurt them, you do not get to decide how that makes them feel. We are not perfect people. No one I know is perfect. And I myself included have definitely hurt people. But I don't know that I have if you don't tell me.
But in that same stroke, I have a really hard time telling, telling people when they've hurt me. In my life, I've been really good at taking care of other people. And not that I stuff it down or stuff it away. And I used to be, I guess, really, really good at it when I was younger, right? I would get angry and tell people that they pissed me off. But then as I got older, it wasn't worth the fight. So to tell someone when they've hurt me or they've embarrassed me or... It's hard to tell them. Why is that so hard to stand in your truth and be like, hey, that didn't feel so good. Is it vulnerability? Is it just admitting you trusted someone with your heart, with, with who you are, and they chose to not respect it? Is it embarrassment of judgment of character that you thought maybe somebody wouldn't do that or act that way and they did and then is it expectation that people won't treat you that way because because you don't treat people that way I'm sure I have without realizing it without malice so why do I automatically assume when people have hurt me or said things or done things to me that have hurt me that it was malicious in every extent no there have been times that it was definitely malicious and those people just aren't in my life and I wouldn't consider them friends anyway I spoke too soon actually some I have actually considered very close friends and they have definitely hurt me in really gross and disgusting ways but that's not where I'm going today it's why is it so hard to admit you've been hurt to the people that have hurt you it's easy to talk about someone else It's easy to vent. It's easy to get it off your chest to someone else, but that's not really solving anything. So even tonight at this Ear Hustle Listen, there was a segment that they played when a man who had been sentenced to 229 years in jail for human sex trafficking got to meet with a woman who had been sold into trafficking when she was about 11 to 13. And they actually got to sit down at a table and talk to one another about her experience and about his resolve about why he was serving time. Granted, that may not have been her her person, her pimp that she was facing, but still, you did it to someone else. Which, A, kudos for that, because that takes so much strength to look at an abuser like that in the eye and not lose your shit, right? But to sit down with someone that has done that to other people and know that there are more people like you out there and there are more people like him out there 
and then to hear him say that he tells people to not do what he's done because there's a lot of time involved or you get your freedom taken away. It wasn't a, I'm sorry that I ruined someone else's life, right? So in the same quote of the day, when someone tells you that you've hurt them, you don't get to tell them that they did not. Also, the fact that you can't expect that I'm sorry in your life either. Sometimes the best I'm sorry's are the ones that you give yourself. Forgiving is the best thing that you can do for yourself. And not for the sake of the other person, but for the poison that sits inside. For the anger that sits inside, the hurts that sit inside. Yeah, still battling through that. From what I listened to, and just from what I've been through in my own life. And it's not that I'm, I would like to think that it's not because I'm weak or that I'm soft or that I don't have boundaries. I think so many times I've just been told to not rile things up, to just make things right for me to be the first one to ask for forgiveness, even if it wasn't me. I just think that's where I'm at with that. I would rather not ruffle feathers and just take that hurt on. Because I I know that that's a comfortable feeling. That hurt. Because I know I'll, I'll live and I know I'll make through it and my skin will just get thicker. But healing's a... The healing's still there. The healing's still a process. And no one can tell you what's right in healing. No one can tell you what you can and cannot do. And what's right might be for them. And what is right might be right for you. It's not right for everyone. And you can't rush the process. You can't make people forgive you. And you can't take hearts away. My head's just still trying to wrap around. Just thoughts from tonight and this podcast. Listen, I'm really glad that I went. And I got to meet up with... Um, I say friend. I will call her a friend. Um, I don't know her well. But if you ever met somebody that's just like a, like we call each other kindred friends, kindred spirits, that when I'm with her, near her, or talk to her, I just feel like I've known her forever. Same sense of humor. We laugh at the same things. We're passionate about the same things. And it's so nice right now to have in touch with that when sometimes my world feels like it's spinning out of control over stupid, ridiculous things. Like I just can't, like I want to scream at people to get a fucking grip. Because that's not what this it's not what this life is about. Like, are you that wrapped up in your own bubble? Oh my god, now I'm talking about like my dad. The bubble. Get out of your own fucking bubble. The world needs so much more than just you and your bubble. 
but even just to have a small short conversation with her just to get back in touch with like wow there is life outside of what seems to be the norm and that's where I'm gravitating right now that's what I'm finding people are coming into my life that offer this realness that are offering life experiences making changes in other people's lives not just for my own sake but actually making a difference in someone else's life and not for my personal gain it is truly to be invested in someone else and I would rather do it silently like random acts of kindness but quietly growing up Catholic there was always this conversation that you do good works but you don't shout about your good works you don't tell people that you're doing them that good deeds are best behind curtain closed mouths continue doing those works or even on the show um the Good Place, is that what it is? I think it's The Good Place with Ted Danson and Kristen Bell. And I remember like the first season, um, the woman on there, she was always talking about her good deeds and, and the charity events that she went to and how much money she was raising. And she was always, always talking about it. But then once she got to The Good Place, those things didn't matter because she had always talked about them. continuing to do good when nobody is looking or when you think nobody is looking that's when it matters the most and to do good things for no reward other than for the sake of doing them and how impactful that can be in people's lives that that pebble that you drop creates waves in others that you might not even ever meet. Whew. All right. Deep shit. So, um, gonna wrap it up there. And, um, yeah. So, deep breaths. As another friend of mine would say, work your puja. meaning your devotion your passion in everything that you do and um, don't forget to get bent